0: Hallelujah. Um, So, um, when we're worshiping the Lord as we were this morning, be open because Jesus is never anywhere without His power. Glory to God. He rose up in power. You can't separate Him from that power. Glory to God. All right, so... This morning, I want to preach about the ambassadors of King Jesus, the ambassadors of King Jesus. And I believe this is a message for our church, message for all Christians, but a message for our churches. We're beginning to go into the year 2020. And the things that the Lord's been speaking to us, getting up to speed, um, healing the brokenhearted, these messages have been specifically and strategically designed to prepare us For an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and God to greatly open these doors and use us. So this message really is in the line of that preparation. The ambassadors of King Jesus. And I want you to remember that when the disciples heard Jesus praying, they recognized that it was completely different from the prayers that the religious officials that they were used to prayed. Totally different. And so they asked Jesus, after he got done praying one time, they said, Lord, would you teach us, teach us how to pray like that? Teach us, teach us how to pray. After listening to you pray, I don't think we have any idea what prayer is. And in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, we're just going to pull a phrase out of what Jesus taught them. And the Bible says, Jesus said to them, All right, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, sacred be your name. Your kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's as far as I want to go. I want you to think about that. Let that sink in for a moment. Teach us to pray. We recognize your praying is completely different. And he said, All right, pray like this. You open up with, Father in heaven. Your kingdom come and will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Speaking it just like that, the first dramatic difference that they noticed and that we noticed in Jesus' prayers versus the religious officials is that it wasn't the wording so much as it was the position of the person praying. Jesus prayed from a different position he had a different view. You know, one time when the when the people, common people, saw Jesus speaking in the synagogue, it says, wow, this guy's different. He speaks like one with authority. Well, he prayed like one with authority also. So the, the prayers that Jesus prayed and the way he taught us to pray, the big difference doesn't begin with you know, having the right words. It begins with having the right orientation of who you are and where you stand when you pray. It's the position you pray from that makes the biggest difference because this is the story of the prayer of an ambassador. What we call the Lord's Prayer, the Uh, the the disciples' prayer is what I call the ambassador's prayer. Because this is an ambassador repeating back to his king the mandate that he knows is the policy of the kingdom. Kingdom come, will be done. You never heard the Pharisees or religious leaders with that kind of boldness praying like that. The ambassador of Christ, the ambassador who's praying, he's not praying for the success of an effort or a or a project, he's confirming his assignment and decreeing the results of heaven's completed work. Kingdom come will be done. See, that's the that's the act of an of a, an ambassador who's operating with a knowledge of their position and their authority. Um As the ambassadors of King Jesus, we're not praying for an effort. We're implementing a triumph. Hallelujah. We're not praying in search of an outcome, but we're calling down a reigning accomplishment. Can you say amen, somebody? King Jesus said, I do what I see my father do. He didn't say, I try what I see my father trying. God's never tried anything. God just does things. Hallelujah. And so the ambassador's prayer is based on the reigning accomplishments of the kingdom of God, not based on trying to get God to underwrite a program or a project that somebody's dreamed up and we hope God will bless it and give it legs and make it run and work. Can you say amen? And so paving the way For the will of God to be done in the earth, it's based on exercising the authority of the kingdom of God over the demonic powers of the world. That's what Jesus said. Kingdom come, will be done. It's not praying for the Lord to fix the kingdoms of this world that are run by devils, but to get him through us to introduce the world to the policies of the kingdom of God. The answers are in the kingdom of God. They're never going to be in the world. They're in the kingdom. And if ambassadors don't infiltrate the kingdoms of this world and let their light shine and speak those ambassadorial prayers, we're not going to see changes because they're not going to arise from within the world system. Jesus didn't come to make the world system work. He came to insert his kingdom, a kingdom which one day will receive all the nations and kingdoms of this world handed over to Jesus Christ. Somebody say, praise the Lord. So that's why we call it the ambassador's prayer because you're praying from a staging in heaven in the kingdom of God, not from the world that the Lord has saved you out of. Let me just say this to you because Jesus said, your kingdom come. Your will be done. So we see these two are intrinsically linked and cannot be broken. The link between them is the fact that God follows loyalty to Jesus' kingdom, not loyalty to the world's kingdoms. Way too many Christians are deceived into seeing themselves as advocates against the sins of the world rather than ambassadors of King Jesus, who is the sinner's advocate. The world doesn't need another advocate. The advocacy of Jesus Christ is all the world needs. And we are ambassadors of that advocate, so we don't don't need to be jumping up and down and advocating for all the problems, ills, and brokenness of the world. That's already been amply taken care of in Jesus. What the world needs is ambassadors. Glory to God. Somebody say amen if you're beginning to get this. You know, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, in verse 20, But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has already overtaken you. Uh, you Let me say that again. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Notice that in, in Jesus' mind, the kingdom of God is where the devil's been cast out. The kingdom of God is where the kingdom of darkness isn't. And so advocating for the kingdom of darkness does nothing but releasing the authority of Jesus through us to cast out the devils that operate in the world is what brings the kingdom of God um, upon the situation so that the will of God can be done. When Jesus manifested the will of the Father on earth, we read those glorious stories in the, in the Gospels. He brought the hammer of his kingdom down on its devils. Every time Jesus went out into the world and manifest his kingdom, he dropped the hammer of the kingdom on the devils that were operating there, and then the will of God began to manifest. People were delivered. People were healed. Their blindness began to lift. And 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, the second half of the verse says, the reason the Son of God was manifest was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil because if you don't destroy the works of the devil, the captives are never going to come out of that prison. You see, when you and I act, As ambassadors of King Jesus, the hammer of the kingdom will begin to fall on the devils that are resisting God's will in your life. Let me say that to you again, but I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your house, your home, your family, your sphere of influence, your areas of responsibility. When you begin to pray and act as the ambassador of Christ, kingdom come, will of God be done, the hammer of the kingdom of God will begin to fall on those devils that are in your territory, resisting the will of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, we read where we find the phrase that tells us that we're the ambassadors of Christ. So I'd like to read it to you. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead with you, come back to God. Listen, that's the message of the ambassador. The message of the ambassador isn't, I think we can fix this world. Oh, we, we, want, to, we want to see if we can make things better. But the answer, the, the pleading of the ambassador is come back to God. Come to Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Come to Jesus Christ. That's the answer. I'd like to share with you this morning three things that define ambassadors' of the kingdom of God. If you want to be an ambassador and let me say right off the bat, there's no such thing as a Christian who isn't called to be an ambassador of Christ. Every Christian, the minute you receive Christ as Lord, you receive the responsibility and the calling to be the ambassador of Christ in your life in the in the area of responsibility God has made you accountable for. So there are three things that identify you as an ambassador of Christ. Number 1, The ambassadors of Jesus' kingdom have bought the field. They have bought the field. Think, what in the world is he talking about? I'm talking about Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44, one of the shortest parables Jesus ever spoke, yet one of the most powerful. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field that a person found and hid, and then because of joy he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. So Jesus said, you want to understand the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is you find a treasure. Jesus is that treasure. And so, He doesn't just snatch up the treasure, and run back to His old life, run back to His own house, and put it on the mantle like a lucky charm, hoping that it will release the scent that will change everything and make everything perfume his life and make it all wonderful. No, the Bible says when he finds the treasure, he leaves it where he found it, in the field, buries it, runs off quickly, sells, liquidates everything. Once he's sold everything, he's got nowhere to live. What does he do? He relocates. He's bought a field, so he lives in that field. He lives with the treasure. The field that the treasure Jesus is found in Is called the kingdom of God. The king is located in his kingdom. And so when a Christian finds Jesus Christ, the first thing he does is sell all that he has and buy the kingdom. Buy the concept of the kingdom and relocate to the kingdom of God. So the first thing that defines an ambassador of Christ is they've bought the field. No field, no treasure, no kingdom, no king. That's why it's hard to find the manifest presence of Jesus in the life of a Christian who does not walk in the kingdom of God, doesn't understand the kingdom of God, sees himself as simply being a sinner in the world that believes in Jesus and wonders why they don't see victory and deliverance occurring in their life. You've got to buy the field. You've got to relocate to the kingdom of God. No field, no treasure. No kingdom, no king. When you're an ambassador of Christ, you live with the treasure. That's the thing that excited me about that, uh, about that um, analogy, that parable, is that when Jesus said he sold everything, the inference is he lived in the field. He went back and bought the field and that's where he lived. So the ambassador of Christ lives with the treasure. He doesn't just believe in the treasure. He lives with the treasure. Are you living in the field? Praise the Lord. You see, you have a powerful connection with the king because you've sold all to relocate to his kingdom. Amen. And that's where your powerful connection to Jesus comes from. The second quality that uh, defines ambassadors of Christ is that the ambassador of Christ represents the king. Your life is a representation Not of yourself, not of your abilities, your dreams, your passions. Jesus didn't come. Now, I need to be careful saying this because I don't want to discourage anyone or or, uh, send somebody off with a wrong concept. But the primary purpose for Jesus to come was not to make all your dreams come true. Although when you make him Lord of your life, those skills and talents and abilities that he's put in your life, the things that you have prepared for... God may very well bring them to maturation, bring them to fruit and use your life and use those things for His glory. But it's not necessarily the purpose for Jesus coming into your life. Jesus came into your life so that you could sell all, relocate, take up your cross, follow Him, live in the field with the treasure and be His ambassador. So your life's purpose is to represent the King. You deal with the worldly foreign culture that you're assigned to according to the policy and authority of Jesus' kingdom. That's how you deal with the world around you. I'm going to refer to the life around you as the foreign culture that the Lord has assigned you in. And you deal with that foreign culture. Think of every ambassador who's assigned uh, from America to different countries around the world. They actually physically live in those countries but they live by the policies of the kingdom they represent. That's the policies that govern them and govern their behavior. They can't allow themselves to succumb to the culture that they live in. While they may reach out in compassion and cross boundary lines, they never cross those lines to the point where they violate the policies that they are preaching and representing from the kingdom that they've been sent to represent. So no matter, in the, in the foreign culture that you live in, no matter how pleasant or no matter how miserable the culture may be that you live in, you never deliver your own message, but you deliver the position of the king who sent you there as an ambassador. Now, that hurts me more than it hurts you, because I am an opinionated person, and the thing that I'm always having to take to Jesus is the fact that I have these opinions, and I've got to take them to the cross. Not that God doesn't want me to have opinions, and you know what, if the Lord were to say, Nick, for you to really be saved, you need to stop having, I might as well just die and go to hell right now, because that, that's, that's just not going to happen. I have opinions, and that's the way it is. So, as an ambassador of Christ, there's a kind of a discipline that I have to practice in my life. And that is, I don't allow my own opinions that might be contrary to the policies of Jesus Christ to be the message I deliver to the culture God's put me in. God set me in this culture to represent the kingdom of God. I don't have the right to express or try to expect or enforce my own opinions. But the policies of the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Thirdly, and finally, the quality that uh, distinguishes you as an ambassador of Christ is that you depend on the kingdom of God. The ambassador of Christ doesn't depend on the culture they've been assigned. They depend on the culture they represent. As the ambassador of Christ You're salaried by King Jesus. You're on heaven's salary. He signs your paycheck. That might cause a little shifting on the inside. And it should. Because that third and final piece is what really makes you the ambassador of Christ. You live under the care of the Holy Spirit, who is the administrator of the kingdom of God. That's who you go to for care. That's who you go to for supply. That's who you go to when you need a raise. That's who you go to when you need a breakthrough or anything else. You get on the phone you get up on the telly because you know that your Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ has a wonderful will that He's wanting to execute. But as an ambassador of Christ, you're the one who has to say, kingdom come, will be done. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Glory to God. You see, as an ambassador of Christ, living in the culture where the Lord has planted you, you may prosper from personal transactions, We call those jobs and careers, a little craft you've got, you know, you work out of your kitchen or a job or a career you've studied for, and you're working, you're working in the world. Yes, ambassadors are free to um, um, engage in personal transactions in the culture that they live in and to profit from them if they're not in conflict with the assignment and the policy that that uh, the Lord has sent them with. But the fact is that even though you may prosper from your transactions here in this world, you never let it own you. Amen. Let, me say that, let me say that again. You never let yourself become bought, bought off, by the culture that you've been assigned to as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You know, the devil knows that committed Christians are very hard to, to lure in away from Jesus. Because once, as David said, taste and see that the Lord's good. Once you've tasted that the Lord's good, you're not, you're not going to walk away. So instead, what he does to make committed Christians ineffective is he starts working against their ambassadorial assignment. He starts undermining their ability to serve in the capacity that the Lord has given them to serve in as ambassadors by causing them little by little to get their eyes and their their heart and and their expectations set on the transactions that they transact with the culture around them rather than on Jesus who said, put my kingdom first, the Father knows what you need, and I will meet all of your needs. You don't allow yourself to be bought off in the culture in which you've been assigned. And you know, here's here's the orientation for the ambassador of Christ. You were from the culture that you're assigned to right now. You were from that place. But since you were born again, your primary citizenship has changed. Your primary citizenship has moved. Ambassadors of Christ hold a dual citizenship. Just as King Jesus held a dual citizenship. When the Word became flesh and Jesus was born of a virgin, He held a dual citizenship. He had a dual nature. He was fully God and fully man. He was the king of glory. He was the I am of eternity. He was the one that talked to Moses. He was the one that parted the Red Sea. He was the God that Israel followed under the cloud of glory and the pillar of fire. And yet he was the son of man at the same time. He identified with us. He was the son. He was the baby uh, given, the son given by blood covenant to the world. He had a dual nature And that's why he had a dual citizenship. He represented heaven, and he also represented the world. That's why on Calvary's cross, he was the Lamb of God that was acceptable. He was able to represent the world and its need for a Savior and represent heaven and its need for a Savior. He was able to bring us to God because he brought heaven to us. Can you say amen? And so when you are born again, the culture that you live in becomes the culture you were from as your primary citizenship is relocated to the kingdom of God. But you recognize that you've been sent to the world that you were once from. The minute somebody becomes born again, and let's say they were born and raised in Clearwater. My wife was born and raised here in Clearwater. She is a Florida girl, a Florida cracker. Hallelujah. Beautiful Florida cracker. Hallelujah. And uh, she was from here, but the minute she became born again, she was from heaven. Heaven wasn't where she's going. Heaven was where she's from. I know that my wife is from heaven. Not just because I feel like, you know, I, I, I met her and she was heaven sent. She was heaven sent because when she was born again, she... She could say, heaven is my home. I am an ambassador of Christ. And so Clearwater used to be where she was from. Now Clearwater is the place she's assigned to. This is not her home. This is her assignment. Let me say it again. This is not her home. This is her assignment. Let me say it one more time. Your house, your home. You may have paid a lot of money for that house you live in. You may have paid a lot of money for the car you own. But none of those things are your home. They're your assignment. Ambassador of Christ. They're your assignment. Where are you from? You're from the kingdom of God. You know, many Christians never relocate to the kingdom of God in their mind. They get saved, but in their minds, the world is still their home. And they're trying always to get the word of God and the gospel and the promises of Jesus to work in their their earthly culture, in their earthly surroundings. And you know, that's why there's so many doctrines Uh, that are designed to explain to us why prayers aren't answered. But the primary reason, now hear me, the primary reason why prayers aren't answered is because they're prayed from the wrong place. They're prayed from people who don't believe that they are seated with Christ in heavenly places. They're prayed from people who have never made the journey from the world to the kingdom of God. When they pray, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, they're begging may your kingdom come, may your will be done. They're not proclaiming like an ambassador. The ambassador of Christ is proclaiming a triumphant, completed result. Hallelujah. They're not asking for God to bless an effort. And so this is why oftentimes... Our prayers are not answered. And there are lots of elaborate theologies to explain why God doesn't answer prayer. But the one that you've got to put your finger on is we need to relocate in our mind and become ambassadors of Christ. That's the only time when we begin to pray that we're going to see the authority of God's Word. That's the mentality that Peter and Paul and the rest of them had in the days of the early church. Praise the Lord. Can I say to you that trying to improve the world without enforcing the authority of the kingdom of God is just babysitting its devils? Trying to improve the world without enforcing the authority of the kingdom of God is nothing more than babysitting the world's devils. And a lot of Christians are simply babysitting the devils that live out in their backyard. when you should be casting them out. But they're not going to leave just because if you're sitting in that house seeing yourself as a citizen of the world and don't understand that you're an ambassador of Christ in the kingdom of God, you can point out there all you want to and command those devils to leave and they're just going to laugh at you. They're going to sit on your things. They're going to eat your food. They're going to touch your body. They're going to mess with your head. They're going to have their way because only an ambassador of Christ can say, kingdom come, will be done. What did Jesus say? If I cast out devils with the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. It's the kingdom of God that casts out devils. Not hoping, not having the right right cause. I believe there's many things that we pray for that would be the will of God. But we don't walk in the authority of the kingdom. And so we're hoping they're going to come to pass. But Jesus said, whosoever shall so say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and not his heart, but believe that the things he said. Who believes that what they say comes to pass? An ambassador. He's the only one that has the authority. She's the only one that has the authority to believe that what they say comes to pass. Why? Because they got President Jesus on the phone. They got King Jesus on the phone. He says, go ahead, say it. It's my policy. Say it. The devil may not listen to you, but he'll listen to Jesus. And when he sees that Jesus is talking through you, trust me, you will speak to that mountain, and it's going to grow legs and run as fast as it can. It will get out of the way. You know, they say, and it's true that uh, you know when we pray, God answers. Um, delay is not denial. There's a thing called timing, and sometimes timing is a factor, but the ambassador of Christ realizes it's heaven's policy. It's his will, but I am not backing down for what I know is the will of God. That's the mentality of the ambassador of Christ. glory to God. So we, well, let me say this to you. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, Whoever is not with me, everyone say with me. me. Whoever is not with me is against me. That's hard. I know that's hard. But if we're going to preach the word, we've got to put it all out there. We can't pick and choose. And so I'm not about to recraft the gospel. This is part of the gospel. And Jesus said, the one who's not with me, they may think they're with me, but they're actually working Against me. So let me say to you that if you're living in the world's culture without representing the policy of the kingdom of God, Jesus' kingdom, then you've gone from being with Jesus to working against him. And you can call yourself a Christian, belong to a church, read your Bible, do all of those religious things. But the only people who are working with Jesus are the ones that are with Jesus, with him. His ambassadors are the ones with him. See, one of the most terrible things that the church over the centuries has done to the gospel is it separated it into two groups, the clergy and the laity. One of the worst things that we have done to Christians is to leave them with the idea that there are those that are the ambassadors of Christ. They have official responsibility, but I'm just a common believer Those responsibilities don't sit on my shoulders. Just because the calling and the anointing of the Apostle Paul didn't sit on others' shoulders doesn't mean that the responsibility for the gospel didn't sit on their shoulders. Now, hear me when I say this to you this morning because this is what I'd love to see happen in our church. Um, it, It is just natural that when people come in and sit down in a church, whether it's a small church like this or a large church of thousands, the, uh, the mindset is when there's a need or unsafe people need to be approached, the professionals will handle this. The ministries that have been set aside to handle this, the counseling ministry will take care of that, and uh, the teaching ministry or the discipleship ministry. Most Christians have been taught to just not take that upon themselves. But let me say to you that the most important ministry that can happen on a Sunday morning Happens in the aisles and in the foyer and in the hallways before the service and afterwards as we're fellowshipping together. So that when you see somebody come to the altar, when you see somebody come in and and they've just given their life to the Lord, or they're not saved, the worst thing that we can do is to simply say, Pastor will take care of that. Or so and so who's who's got this ministry or that ministry, they'll talk to them. It's not my job. But that's not true. We are all ambassadors of Christ. If you want to really see a move of God, then feel sitting on your shoulders what's sitting on my shoulders. We should all feel that responsibility. We should all be accountable for the needs of the people that God brings in. And when we go out, feel I'm the one who needs to go and shake that person's hand and talk to them and find out how they're doing. And just at least Engage and see—is the Lord would the Lord open a door for me to encourage them? Sometimes it's just being there and making that connection. Amen. So, but by stripping away that authority and giving it to those that graduated from Bible college and are being uh, have been given an assignment or a ministry, we have hurt the believers and kept them from understanding that they are ambassadors of Christ with an authority. Does that make any sense to anybody? So, remember the ambassador's prayer. We'll just go back to the beginning. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I would just say to you that God is willing for his great purposes to be done. And he's waiting for his ambassadors to decree the results of heaven's completed work and to begin to call down his reigning accomplishments. So here's our altar call this morning. I want to put an invitation out to all of you. Who will come forward to this altar this morning, today, to claim their post as the ambassador of Christ and to take their position in the harvest. That's our call this morning. Who will say, I want to be an ambassador of Christ in the area of my life? If you're willing to buy the field, represent the king, and depend upon the kingdom of God, then come forward now and let King Jesus anoint you and send you from here this morning as his ambassador. If you've never made that commitment, then come, if it's in your heart, make it this morning. If you've made it a hundred times and you need to renew it, come this morning and renew it. But those that want to stand before the Lord and say, I want my life to be an embassy of the kingdom of God. I want my home to be an embassy. I want you to stand right now and come. Just come and find a place. In the front. We'll pray together in one accord. Hallelujah. Because this is where I hand you over to King Jesus. I cannot make you an ambassador of Christ. But King Jesus, the one who owns the kingdom, he's the one who sends you. He makes you an ambassador of Christ. If you're here today and you feel like, well, my relationship with the Lord's in the tank. I, it's terrible. I don't even know if I'm still saved. I, I'm just, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know. But you say, I want to. I want to I wanna get right with God. Then you come. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, you're not going to get a better opportunity. You really don't know what's going to happen 30 minutes from now. Now's the time. This is the moment. Come. Come and, say, be, come and be willing to say, Lord, I'm giving you my life. And I'm going to go straight to the office of an ambassador. That's the way it should happen. I know that's the way it happened to me when I went from being an atheist and in five minutes I was an ambassador of Christ. <laughs> Boom, like that. So all it takes is just saying, Jesus be Lord of my life. Hallelujah. I give it all to you. He's the one who makes us the ambassador. So glory to God Just come, bunch up up in the front. We're going to pray. And I want to lead you in this prayer. And let's pray it from faith unto the Lord this morning. Glory to God. Are you ready? This is the ambassador's prayer. Let's pray it before the Father. As an ambassador of Jesus Christ, King King of glory, my life is a stewardship. And I proclaim, I proclaim his lordship over it. Over it. I decree the results decree the of heaven's completed work heaven's completed. over my life. I call down I call the reigning accomplishments of Jesus, Jesus over every demonic insurgency operating within the realm of my responsibilities. I yield my whole spirit, soul, and body to you, King Jesus. I serve under the banner of the blood of Christ. The Holy Spirit is my counselor. My way is in your hand to direct. Yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. And I am yours now and forever. Thank you, King Jesus. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah.